up, everybody? We back. R2C2. Another week. What's good, guys? Is this a late night edition of R2C2C? Late night, man. We got crazy, crazy weather with the playoff. Man, man, man. I will tell you, I was at Yankee Stadium for this game five. I was so, I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was just so proud of Yankees fans that after what they went through the night before, having a four o'clock game on a weekday and this was not a late arriving crowd. This place was ready to go from the first inning, man. That's good. I, it was, it really, it was impressive. See, like I walked in and I was like, damn, like I thought I was going to look around and be kind of like, oh, I hope people come by like the third or fourth inning, you know? And I was not like, I walked into electricity, man. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was even, you know, good that they got a, a four o'clock game. I was surprised. I mean, you know, that's even late for, you know, having to play an ALCS game tomorrow and an NLCS <laughs> game today. So it's just, you know, it's crazy that it all worked out and they were able to get the game in. You don't want to start a game that late, man. You don't want to start a game at 9, 30, 10 o'clock playing that late, a game that means, you know, so much to everybody. So, um, you know, I was glad they was able to get it in today. Me too, man. And and look, John Carlos Stanton just He's man. He performs this time of year, doesn't he? Big G shows up in the playoffs, man. He always does. That, that was something that we were talking about in one of my group chats. Just just how much he does show up every year in the playoffs. Why do you think that is? See, as someone who knows him and is friends with him, man, I, I just think that you know he can. He's able to slow it down, you know. Um, and and it's not even you know it's not just the playoffs. He always comes through in in, in a lot of big spots. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Uh, throughout the season so um man it, it it it's not surprising that he's able to do what he does um in these big moments and throughout the playoffs and you know he got it started again today you know what's interesting so we're talking about the crowd and there's a few different things to hit on from from game five and 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 what we saw tonight at the stadium and we're releasing this podcast a day early because we thought that's the best way to service you the listeners immediately reacting to what happened and and also getting you uh, our chat with Rob Thompson, Philly's manager, which this is the only podcast that's going to be able to pull that off during the NLCS. Let's make that very clear. Uh, we can thank uh, Karsten Charles and Sadie Zillow for that. Um, but see, the rock the baby thing was hilarious at the stadium. First of all, when Naylor hits that home run the other day, I and mean, we talk about all the time, kind of the joy of like the histrionics. But I was just like... I was some of my friends who who aren't Yankee fans but are baseball fans and kind of old school. They're like, "Are you pissed off? Like, don't you want to drill that guy?" And I'm like, "No, I wasn't pissed off. I was more amused that this dude went that deep into his celebration in a game where he was down three two in the fourth inning." I was just like, "Man, there's a little bit like I, it just was like kind of silly to me. It wasn't it wasn't like angering to me. It was just like silly, you know." And then. To see the entire Yankee Stadium crowd every time he got out today and he went, oh, for whatever, four. Every time he's walking back to the dugout and he's walking back to the Rock the Baby and then the Who's Your Daddy chance, it made for great fun at the stadium today, man. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, I you know, it is what it is with the celebrations for me. You know what I mean? There's a big homer. And, you know, they don't hit a lot of home runs. So for him, it was a big home run. <laughs> and, you know, uh, had this, had their stadium rocking, brought their stadium to life. And he's the heart and soul of their team. So, you know, it kind of is what it is. You know, you don't like to see the celebrations? Don't give up the homer. You know how yeah. I feel about it. 
And then you know what? You do what you did. You can use it as your own fuel then or or your own fun. Absolutely. If right? If you're Glaber on the final out and you want to do yeah, it, like, for sure. go for it. Fair game. But you, yeah. tra- you, you kind of segue nicely for me, see, because I think what we saw in this series, you know, a few different things, but one of the interesting aspects of this series is the home run. And you see the value of the home run. And the home run gets diminished so frequently when it comes to people commenting on postseason losses, right? And they talk about, ah, this lineup, all they do is hit home runs. You need to be able to score runs different ways. And, you know. But, uh, but I, you do, though. You, you do. do. You, you do. do. You, abs- you absolutely do. I mean, I just think, you know, you. They, we had a game the other day where they had five hits. I know that, you know, they three of them were home runs, but you can't, it's no rhythm to the offense or the, uh, the, the flow of the game when you're on that side. And you're just waiting for a home run. Trust me, I, I've been in that offense a couple. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's 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 it, I, you know it's, it's not a good formula when you have contact and power. Then you know it it, it it makes for a little better balance. But here, I agree with you, and and I've always been someone who believes. I, so I get to that aspect of it in a moment. Just here's here's the 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 premise though. Or, the Yankees hit 182 in the series, okay? It's the lowest team batting average for any postseason series they've won in franchise history. It's also the lowest team batting average for a team that advanced from the ALDS. They hit 182, but they won the series. Why did they win the series? Because they hit home runs. You know, the Guardians, we saw them have, you know, more hits, right, in games where they're peppering the ball, putting the ball in play, whatever, but they didn't get the big hit. And so... This series is an example of why the home run is valuable. So I agree with you, C, when you say like, hey, you can't just be about that. Yeah, you want versatility to your offense, and you certainly don't ever want the feeling of sitting around and waiting for a home run. I agree. But I think sometimes when people talk about that, they also diminish the impact of the home run. And we just watched a postseason series where it was very clear the Yankees won because they pitched both in the rotation and the pen, both pitched to 270 RAs in that series, and because they hit home runs. That was their offense in the series. And the other team may have gotten more hits, but they didn't they couldn't slug at all. And so they couldn't do enough. And I think that like the premise for people who defend the home run is they say, look, when you're going up against the best of the best, you're not gonna pile four, five, six, seven hits in a row. So you're going to need to be able to leave the ballpark at some point. Now, the the one thing I would say, see, is there are some guys who can, you know, beef up their home run numbers during a regular season, but they can't do that against the best pitching in October. And that's where I want the guys who can have a good at bat, make good contact. And, you know, maybe they leave the yard or maybe they don't, but you, but you need some of those hitters to be able to navigate good pitching. Yeah, no, nah, I, I, I don't. You gotta, you gotta have some guys that can put the ball in play. Five hits in in a, in a series against the Astros ain't gonna get it done. No, but do you do you not think that series also shows is kind of like something that you could look at and say, hey, this this also for those who poo poo the home run, this is also where it provides value. I don't like it. You don't like it. Even though they just won a series with it. They hit yeah, 182 nah. and they won a series. I don't get it. How do you not how do you not give it a little let's say it's a little bump for the home run? Nah. I, I don't I don't I, I want my I want my offense to have more balance, man. 
I don't want my team to, to hit 182 and that's winning series. Like, I don't feel good about that, guys. Like, you don't feel we're, good we're, about the offense going into Houston. I don't feel the, good about the offense at all going into anywhere, going yeah. into fucking Miami. If we hitting 182 as a team, like, right. nah, I'm cool. I, I yeah. mean, what yeah, about- I mean, if 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 Big G don't go deep early in that game, I mean, it's a you know what I'm saying it's a one nothing game. Judge hits the pop up to right. I mean, it's the homer to right, but like after that. We ain't really seen Rizzo, that. You know Rizzo what I'm got a Rizzo got an RBI single too. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. it's just I don't know. I just want to see more offense, man. And well, and- I I I agree with that. I want to. I I definitely want to see more hits put together. But see, you know what I'm saying as far as the how often do we see a team get 12, 13 hits in a playoff game? You know, it's hard against this pitching. Yeah, well, Cleveland got fifteen the other day. Yeah, what was that in game three? Yeah. yeah. But then, but, but I mean, they're not the example. They end up losing the series. Oh, yeah. I you mean, know, yeah. you know, but I, I, but what I always think is what I like is like my, I mean, this guy obviously was incredible in October, but I always think it's a good example. I like guys who aren't, who, who can still hold their weight against good pitching, right? And Jeter, yeah. Jeter was always like a great example of that to me because he's not a home run hitter but he's so good against whatever pitching comes his way. He's the same guy regardless that he actually would hit some October home runs, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's, he's unfazed. Yeah. He'll get his singles, his doubles, his whatever, but he's not unfazed. There's not a bunch of holes in his swing, you know? Yeah. And I guess big G's that way too, where he can turn it up against, you know, the best of the best where he's going deep in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So right. nothing really changes for him in the playoffs. It's the same, you know, the same, Offense week to week, you know what I'm saying? Where yeah, you can get hot, yes. hit six, seven in a week, or you know it can be, it could be tough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, so, right. No, but you know yeah. that, that. So nothing yeah. changes. You know what I'm saying yeah. in that way. Yeah, like, I, it's a, it's a, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Like he is who he is, regardless of the moment. Regardless of the moment, it is. You know, it, it he is who he is, and and that's 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 great. You know what I'm saying? If you can be that all the time. Whereas I'm sure there's guys who you faced who you knew like. Oh, like I have time to prepare. Like I'm totally locked in. Like this guy's got holes. Our entire pitching staff is gonna exploit in a postseason series that maybe we don't in a regular season series, right? There had yeah. to be guys like that. Well, even just in big moments and spots in the game, you know, yeah. later in the game, if it's a big, you know, spot, big spot where he's got runners in scoring position, you know, yeah. you know, guys that are gonna be over aggressive. Mm. See, when you look at the what what Nestor was able to do on three days rest. Yeah. What, what, what'd you think of him in game five? No, that was amazing. Him, him just being able to go out there and take the ball and give the team what, you know, what they needed. And, and, uh, you know, he controlled, um, that offense. He got into a couple of jams and got out of them. Um, and just allowed the guys to keep going out there and scoring. So that was, uh, that was a huge performance by Nestor for sure. Coming on three days rest and, you know, it saves, um, you know, the Sevy starting tomorrow, right now. Dang, it's no, Tyone. I know it's nuts. Tyone's gonna Tyone get game one. Sevy. Yeah, Sevy in game two. Yeah, okay. okay. And then, so. you get, yeah, and, and see, I I feel like not to I, I, the bullpen deserves props too, especially Wandy. Oh my gosh, he was un- Wandy was ridiculous. Oh, he was unbelievable, man, just unbelievable. But I I, I think that you know what's interesting about kind of spinning ahead to the Houston series is if you're the Yankees, 
you almost have to look and just say, like, somehow get me the series 1-1 with Cole starting game three at home, right? Like, find a way to somehow scratch out a win in Houston, and then you have Cole at home in a swing game three. You'd feel pretty good about that. Yeah, and it's, and it, you know, it sounds crazy, but it's always, it always feels better to play Houston here. You know yeah. what I mean? So if you can get if you can get to game three with a split and get Cole here, like you said, in the Bronx, um, you know, I just always feel I always feel better about us playing in the and uh, us playing in the Bronx. And we have to win a game, you know, in Houston to win the series. And, you know, you want to get one of those early ones because later in the series is just a lot of pressure. Yes. Yeah, man. I, I also think it's still amazing to me. The Houston Astros did not take an at-bat trailing against the Yankees this year in the regular season. They played seven games against each other. Yankees won two of them, but they won both of them in walk-off fashion, having trailed the entire game. So You know, you know what's crazy, though? But just, just, just this whole playoffs, though, with the matchups, like, you know, the Dodgers had beat the, the, the Padres 14 out of 15 this year and, yeah. you know, kind of dominated them. You know, the, the Padres made that big trade this uh at the deadline and they went into LA and got swept. You know what I'm saying? So like it's just it's just been playing out different this October. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know a lot of people are are I've been hearing a lot of people are pissed off about, you know, the the, the best teams that played throughout the one sixty two aren't in the you know, aren't in the final four or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. The, the, that's why you play the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, like right. <laughs> just just call the fucking season after 162 then if if that's what you know people are complaining that the Dodgers ain't in the NLCS. They have five fucking games. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't like it was a, a one game playoff. Like people are complaining that, you know, that these that these wild card teams like I feel like they've earned it even more, the Phillies yeah. and the Padres. Like going on the road and winning two games, like and coming out of the NLDS, like I mean, it's it's uh, it's been amazing. So hopefully, what we've been seeing in the regular season does you know continue to trend, doesn't play out in the in the postseason, and the Yankees can you know get some leads and get ahead and you know pitch well and let these guys you know pitch comfortably. You know what I mean? And and yeah. you know go out. It, it's always comfortable in the playoffs when they, when they get you an early lead. That first run in game four, I thought, was huge before Cole took the mound. That base hit from Rizzo that gave them the lead before Cole took the mound in Cleveland in game four when the Yanks were still down in the series. Yeah, like, I mean, any anytime you can take the, the mound, uh, you know, with some runs, bro, like, yeah. it is really, really huge, especially at the beginning of the game in the playoffs. No doubt. So this is going to be a great series. We'll be on top of it with the Yankees-Astros. The Astros are clearly the favorites. This is the dragon the Yankees got to slay. But as C said, these playoffs have been strange. I also think this Yankee team showed some grit in this series, kind of the way they've had to spackle things together. They're not set up the way you'd want to be set up. But I almost think for this group, it could be a good thing to not be set up. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, it just kind of is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, Go figure it out, right? You got to go roll. You know what I'm saying? And, and. You know, it, it's been some tough sledding the last six years against this team, and it, you can't have it no other way. You know, you wouldn't want to have it no other way. But I, and I say that every single October. Yeah. But it has to be going through Minute Maid Park, and, you know, here we are again in the same spot. What'd you think? Game one, NLCS. We're going to talk to Rob Thompson in just a moment, Philly's manager. We caught up with him just before 
uh, the night before game one of the NLCS. You're going to love this conversation, by the way. Rob is incredible. was in the Yankees organization for three decades. I got to know him fairly well. C got to know him, obviously, incredibly well. Uh, and they're super close. And it's just a great conversation about uh, uh, about Rob's ascent in this Phillies team. But what did you think of game one, C, and the way Wheeler dealt and, and Philly went and won in San Diego? Yeah, no, uh, Wheeler's been dealing all October, man. He's been locked in and, you know, Tomorrow will be Nola. So it's it's been, you know, these two have been the catalyst for, you know, the way the Phillies have been playing. And, you know, man, that ball Schwarber hit tonight was insane. I mean, he hit a ball 488 feet in the in the upper deck yeah. at Petco. Like, yeah. absolute bomb. You know what? I mean, this series is going to be close because, you know, Darvish pitched well. You know, going seven innings, giving up two runs. You know, so he matched Wheeler. You know what I mean? Sometimes... When you're pitching in games like that and, and a guy's pitching that good like Zach Wheeler was, 2 nothing can feel like it's 20 to fucking nothing. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you just got to keep going out there, throwing up zeros, try to save your bullpen. And that's what, you know, Darvish is able to do. So I think this series is going to be a long one. I think it's going to be a really good one, an entertaining one. I think we're going to see a lot of home runs. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be good. But I, I thought Tomper... Should have left Wheeler in, man. Yeah, me too. If I got 83 pitches through seven <laughs> innings, like, what you doing, guys? One hit. He had allowed one hit. One yeah. hit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And he was, yeah. you know, he was dealing. He definitely could have got through. And it was six, seven, eight coming up. So yeah. he definitely could have got through that that eighth inning, I feel like. Um, but, hey, I'm not. we're not the manager. We, that's why we sit here and do a fucking podcast. Um, <laughs> ended up working out for him. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you know. I, I would have tried to, I would have tried to, I, you know, for me, I would try to I push my starters as long as possible. Mm-hmm. But, and, and we've been seeing some great um, performances from starters this year. Yeah, we have. All, all in these postseason. Yeah. yeah. And the teams yep. that have been winning have been getting great performances from, from starters. So I hope teams are looking at this and, and watching and the teams that lost the Dodgers. You know, you take Tyler Anderson out after, after the fifth inning, he's in control of that game. You end up losing the series. So, you know, you got to got to watch it. Yeah, sometimes teams are a little too quick to go to their bullpen just assuming they're going to be able to carbon copy every single game throughout the course of a series and You've been saying that for yeah. years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You've yeah. been saying that for years where it's yeah. just you can't plan a, a game out like that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I agree. It, yeah. It's, it's just never well, going to work. If you see a guy now, this of course this example worked out for Philly, but the but the point is over the course of a series, and we've seen this play out over and over again. To ask somebody to be as effective in Game Five as they were in Game One, or as in Game Seven as they were in Game Two, whatever it is, it's just the more a team sees them, you know, and you do that with three or four guys over and over and over again, there's a, more of a chance that one of them's not going to have it, you know? Yeah. So if you, if the guy's rolling and you kind of got to read it and look, it could be tough because some people all of a sudden fall off a cliff and it's like, why didn't you get them out there before they did? But I agree. Although it worked out for Philly and it's interesting. Schwarber got the party started, you know, for them and, and or with the 488 foot bomb. Um, but uh, Thompson, Rob Thompson, I don't want to spoil it, but when you hear what he has to say about Kyle Schwarber, I think, you guys are going to really, really find it interesting. He yeah. was, yeah, he had a great, great answer about that. Um, hey, to your point, though, about the bullpen yeah. guys, though, yeah. like even during a series throughout the course of the season, if you play a three game series, how many times are you seeing Clay Holmes? Once, maybe twice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you get you're into right. a DS or an ALCS, 
the third or fourth time around, it's even. You know right. what I'm saying? You may even get an advantage to the hitter. Yeah. So the, the the many times as you can get through that lineup with the starter or not seeing your big guys early in the series, the better you off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's just I don't know how people don't see that. Yeah, I, I I always feel that way, especially there's a rhythm to the game. I think when the starters rolling mm-hmm. and, you know, and you could feel it and you feel good about it. I felt it honestly in game five with Nestor. I was like, well, he's at 61 pitches. Why are you taking him out now? Loisica looked unbelievable uh, tonight. So it worked. I mean, it, it totally worked out and the formula worked perfectly because it was Loisica, Holmes, Wandy, and they were all excellent. Um, but at the time I was like, no, keep him going. But I know yeah. Bo- Booney was a little worried about the three days rest aspect of it with, uh, with, uh, with Nestor. Nestor. Yeah. Not everyone could throw 125 pitches on three days rest over and over again. Like you see, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, Nestor could have for sure. Yeah, he could have. <laughs> one one little cool moment, Nestor, when he did his little hesitation wind up and the entire crowd like got into it. Like it was, I think it was at the end of the fifth inning. Like it was so cool just seeing the entire crowd like go, oh, oh, as he's like <laughs> mid wind up, like just so jacked up about it. Uh, see, before we get to Tomper, um, NBA season starting tonight, the Celtics, despite James Harden dropping 35, uh, and also shimmying before absolutely, you know, bricking a, a three. Um, <laughs> the, the, the Celtics, the Celtics take down Philly. You got the Lakers and, and Warriors going at it as we're recording. Yeah. Do you have, you know, there's some amazing storylines this season. If you think about it, I, I think my biggest thing is that there's a lot of really good teams that I can convince myself can win a championship. And that's, what's cool about the NBA right now, right? Like golden States, the favorites, but you can convince yourself Boston, Philly, Miami, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, all come out of the East, right? You can convince yourself Clippers, Denver, Golden State. Uh, trying to think there's anyone else That's in the West. Probably it. those three, right, in the West. Um, maybe Dallas. Maybe you could convince yourself of Dallas based on what they did last year. Um, but... See it? Do you have a do you have a, a a finals prediction for this year? Oh shit! I don't know if I have a damn a finals prediction. Yeah, do you have one? No, it's so many teams. There's way too many teams that have a final. Okay, okay, I'll give you a finals prediction. I'm gonna go Warriors. Um, I'm gonna go Warriors. Seventy Sixers. You know what's interesting. What I've been saying all along is I said, if, I, if I'm picking totally with my head, I'd be picking Warriors Bucks, okay? But in my gut, I feel like either Philly or Brooklyn is getting there from the East. I just feel like one of, of those teams. Of course you're going to say Brooklyn. Well, well, of course. Well, of course. <laughs> but, I, but I actually really do feel that way. I feel like either Philly or Brooklyn is going to get in from the East, and I feel like Golden State from the West. Dude, I did a Golden State's preseason game the other day. It's outlandish how much talent is on that team. Like, because they have these young guys who I watch yeah. watching James Wiseman. I'm like, oh my gosh. And Kaminga. Kaminga, uh, bro. I'm telling yeah. you. Moses Moody. You know, they're they basically have a second unit of lottery picks and Jordan Poole, who, you know, just got paid a hundred <laughs> plus million dollars. And then they have a starting lineup that you know, oh, by the Hall way, just famous. won its fourth championship in eight years last year. Yeah. So and and you know what they have, see? They have the same competitive juice drive that, say, the core four had. Like, those guys, 
voracious competitors. You know better than me, right? Like they wanted to win every year and they were never satisfied. That's kind of what these warriors are like. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you have a bunch of young guys around that, it just breeds that that organization, you know what I mean? Like with the yeah. talent and that type of, you know, will to win, um, you know, it keeps you it keeps you in the hunt every single year for a long time. I will say this. Tell me if you think I'm crazy. I think the Lakers are going to be better than people think this season. No. You don't see it. No, somebody's going to get hurt, guys. Well, they are skating on thin ice in that regard. All right, Man. let me give you one more. Clippers or Denver, which one of those healthy teams do you think ends up going further in the playoffs? Man, I really like Denver, because, like, I like Denver. I just I need them to stay healthy, too. Yeah. Whether it's Michael Porter or Jamal, you know, one, Murray. I mean, yep. Jamal Murray. I said Jamal Carter. Jamal Murray, like, they need to stay healthy. If they can stay healthy the whole entire season, they are a problem, because because Joker yes. is a beast, and he's yes. nasty. Like, yes. nasty in the sense of, like, he don't give a fuck. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. like, I think that they can, like, they can give Golden State a real run or whoever in the West, but if they can stay healthy, if they can just be at full fucking strength and, and come April. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be fun. Sports all coming together right now. We know this Yankees-Astros series is going to be incredible. C and I will be all over that. The NLCS as well will be on top of and the start of the NBA season. For now, though, we get you to a conversation with the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, just received a nice two-year contract extension, had been in the Yankees organization for three decades, went to Philadelphia as the bench coach, and now is a manager who is leading his team in the NLCS, currently up 1-0 in the series, the Canadian skipper, Rob Thompson, making his R2C2 debut. See, but I think we just need to start here. You and I are both excited about this for a myriad of reasons. You obviously have a a deeper, longer relationship with Rob, but I also want to share that for me, as someone who, you know, covered the Yankees in the clubhouse, Rob was always so kind and so generous and just amazing, amazing to speak with and always made me feel so respected and the way he engaged with me, I so appreciate it. And so, see, I know for different reasons, you and I both love the opportunity to speak with this man. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited just because I felt like when I got there, he was like the the, the gatekeeper of the Yankee way. You know what I mean? Like anything I needed to to figure out and like how to be do things the, the, the right way, in New York, you know, or in Tampa at first, it was look, look right to Topper. So, you know, we, we've always had a great relationship, and I'm just glad that he was able to come on. So thank you, Rob, for being here on R2C2, man, and congratulations on everything this season. Well, I thank you, and, and thanks for the kind words. And, you know, I, um, it's, it's just a pleasure being on here with you two guys, for sure. So, I mean, this year it's been it's been amazing watching you guide Philadelphia to this NLCS and and do what you guys have done. When you look back at the way this year has gone, Rob, and the success you're having now, is there a moment where you say, you know what, this was the moment where I thought this was possible for this group. This is when I thought this season could still be 
salvage. This is where I knew, yeah, this group was going to come together. Is there any one moment that stands out to you that you think of as kind of the the key one to get to this point where you are now? Yeah, I've been asked that a couple of times. And I think, um, you know, we, we always thought we were a good club. We really did. Um, going in spring training, we signed Schwarber, we signed Castellanos. Um, we thought we had a really good offense. We thought our starting rotation was good. Our bullpen was good. So we thought we were really good. And then we got off to a little bit of a slow start. And in May, May was like we had the toughest schedule, you know, in baseball. And we really struggled through May. And then once June hit, the schedule kind of softened up a little bit. And we just got on a roll. Everybody started getting their confidence. Everybody started playing the way I thought we were going to play. We thought we were going to play. And then you know, like Miami has always been kind of our bugaboo. Like we couldn't ever beat them. They were always beating us. They had always good pitch and they always really played well against us. And right before the all-star break, we went into Miami and we swept them there. And when, when that sweep was over going into the all-star break, I thought, okay, now we got something going because that sort of monkeys off our back and we can move on from that. And uh, and then we we just kept rolling. Man, it's always like those teams in your division, huh? Like what what I said was always Tampa. But if you always feel good if you can go down there and and sweep a team like that going to the All Star break. I wanted to ask who's like the leader of the of the clubhouse. Like who's the guy that's the the emotional leader, the guy that's that's kind of leading the group in that clubhouse right now. Yeah, we get we've got a bunch of them, but I think Kyle Schwarber is the guy. I mean, <laughs> he is. I mean, as down to earth as you can get, he, he takes those young guys and, you know, he takes them out early and they do this curveball machine thing. And he, he said to me in spring training, he said, Thompson, let me tell you something. There's one guy you don't have to worry about on this team. And that's me. Not <laughs> one day you need to worry about me good or bad or whatever. And he's right. He, I've never worried about him. And he's the guy even when he struggles, you know, it's, it's amazing because he's got to, he's got to take care of his own business, but he's, he's always taken those other guys that are struggling with him and, and, you know, patting them on the butt and, and picking them up and talking them through things. And he's really an amazing person. He really is. You can see that you can see the chemistry in the, in the, that comes through the TV though. And from the clubhouse, like just before the game, you got 10 guys out there playing a the reaction game together. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. stuff like that is not normal, especially in today's big leagues. You know what I'm saying? So to see that and see that many guys hanging out when they don't have to is a cool thing. Yeah, it really is. We've got, you know, we've got some guys that don't play a lot, like Garrett Stubbs, our backup catcher and, and Nick Maton and, I mean, these guys just bring energy constantly, and it's it's really neat to see. And they just sort of mesh everybody together. It's 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 really a good group, and it's evolved over the year. And and now we're in a spot, you know, CC. You've been you've been in the spot now. It's like everybody's on board. There's there's no complaining. There's no like, why am I not on the roster? Why am I not pitching? It's there's none of that. Everybody's on board, and it's really neat thing that's going on right now. See, what's the reaction game? Yeah, I, I don't even know what the game is. I just see it when I'm watching MLB Network. I see yeah. them; the guys are in a circle, and each guy has a baseball, and they throw one at each other, and then the next guy has to throw it at somebody else. And it's 
but it's a, it's like all of them, and I've never seen yeah. you know that many guys playing a game before 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 BP. Yeah. So they so what they do? You, you're right, CC. Everybody's got one baseball, and so somebody's got two, and mm-hmm. he starts it. He throws the ball up. Now the he, the guy he throws it to can't catch it and release the other ball. The other ball's got to be in the air before he catches it. Ah. So it's, it's, it, it's actually a, a kind of a hand-eye coordination yeah. drill too, you know, but they have a lot of fun with it and, and uh, just kind of gets them going into the stretch. Hey, as a manager, there's worse games your players could be playing. No, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Rob, Rob, how about, you know, I, I want to zoom out to your journey in a moment, but right now where you guys are at, you know, you weren't picked to be here. You know, certainly not when you took over the job as you guys were struggling in the regular season with the journey you just documented of how you found your footing, you know, not going into the playoffs. You know, I don't think many people picked you you know, coming out of the wild card round, you know, I, I think almost no one picked you against the Braves yet. Here you are and you're, you're in the NLCS. You're four wins away from going to the world series. What is the balance right now for you as the person who has to worry about all these things of enjoyment of this journey versus the stress of, Oh my gosh, like we could do this. We could do this. We're so close. <laughs> Yeah, I said um, before we got into the play, before we clinched to get into the playoffs, you know, in the last four or five years, this team has gone gone into September and been in the playoff hunt or had a playoff berth, and then we've sort of lost it. And so there's been all this talk about that and all the talk about, you know, it's the, the September swoon for the Phillies. Here they come. They're in a playoff spot. We had a three and a half game lead on, on, uh, on the last playoff spot, and and now all of a sudden we're down to zero, and everybody kept talking about it. And I I kept saying I said I said if we get into the playoffs, like this is the most stressful part of it is just getting in for this team. Yeah, because there's all this talk about this. If we get in we got a chance to do something really special because I think that was, that was the pressure just getting in, you know, mm. just because of the, the past struggles. Yeah. And that's the kind of city too, where those struggles are amplified. You hear about those struggles no in Philadelphia, yeah, no doubt. For sure. But you, you know, a little something about atmospheres like that and playing in cities like that, Rob, being in yeah, New York no for doubt. as long as you were. <laughs> no doubt. And, and I kept tell, keep telling these guys, you know, I mean, um, because our, our fans are very passionate. They are. They they tell you when you're doing good and they tell you when you're doing bad. And that's all <laughs> part of it. I've 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 seen it in New York and, and it's just it's just part of the gig. And and I think you want passionate fans like that. And and now we're in the playoffs and, and we get two home games against Atlanta and I see a fan base that like I've it it was just incredible, the noise and, and um, just the fact that they, from pitch one to the last pitch of the game, they were just on it. Mm. And it was really incredible atmosphere. Man, I never felt like nothing like that. That fan base, when we got off the train that one morning during the World That's Series, right. 
and they were all at the train station. Like I'm, I'm carrying little C. It's like eight in the morning, and it's all Philly fans, and they like going at us. Like at the train station, I was like shell shocked. I didn't know what to do. I'm trying to grab my bags off the train. My wife's there. Like it was. Uh, yeah, I mean that fan base is it's legit. <laughs> yeah, they're intense. Well, no doubt about it. I and really quickly because you mentioned trains and Phillies. So I went to game four and five in Philadelphia in 09 when you guys were, were there and I was with a bunch of like Yankees employees and me and my college roommate, Bobby Coyle, um, we went and Bobby was working as an intern in, in cash's department at the time. And we, uh, were after the game We're I think it was after game five, it might've been game four, one of them. We're going to the train and we're trying to find our way back to whatever hotel we're staying at in some suburb of Philly and this guy is like helping us down with the train and he's on the precipice of explaining to us where we need to go. We've been talking for 10 minutes and then finally got into what we need to do direction wise. And just as he's about to share with us how we need to proceed in our route, he catches a glimpse of me wearing a Yankee sweatshirt. I had had it, my jacket covering it because when we left the stadium, people were throwing ice at us. So I covered up my sweatshirt and I had kept it covered. Well, during the conversation, I got so comfortable that it slipped open. He goes, were you just at the game? And I was like, yeah, I was just at the game. He goes, where are you from? I was like, New York. He's like, you're a Yankee fan. He's like, yeah. He's like, have a good night. And walks away. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Buddy, you were just about to tell us. I was like, are you serious? He was like, I am serious. Have a good night. And he didn't tell me. It took us three hours to get home. We couldn't find anyone who would help us. Oh, that's great. This is Philadelphia. These are the people you're going to win a championship for, Rob. I hope you're happy. That's right. That's awesome. Uh, How about, Rob, I want to zoom out a little bit your career, and this is kind of diving in the middle a little bit, but Cece, your perspective first. Everybody used to always talk about the spring trainings that Rob Thompson would run. Oh, Rob knows how to run spring training. What was it about Tomper's spring training that made it legendary? It was just super organized. Like, you just always, like, you always knew where to go. Like, soon as, when, it, when Topper wasn't there for the two years that I was there when he wasn't, I never knew where to go, cuz. Like, I didn't know <laughs> what field to be on. I didn't know where we were stretching. Like, Topper always was on point and made sure everybody knew where, where they were supposed to be at. And spring training ran smooth because of this man right here, for sure. What was the philosophy behind it, Rob, that navigated uh, through these spring trainings? Well, I think my philosophy is that I do want everybody to know exactly what they're supposed to do on a daily basis, because that's the best workout you're going to get. If, if you're worried about where you're supposed to be, then there's kind of some anxiety there, you know, and, and you're probably not going to get the work in that, that you need to get in. So I always took it from a player's perspective, like, okay, what would, if I was a player, what, what would I want to know? Okay. I want to know where I'm stretching. And then I want to make sure that the coach, then for me, I want to make sure the coaches know exactly where each guy is going from, from stretch. So they, so it's an easy thing. I want players to get on the field, do their work and get off the field. I don't want any eyewash because the more the players are on the field for no reason whatsoever, the better chance they have of getting hurt. And when we have, you know, that, that many players, that many dollars invested in players you can't you can't afford that so 
that was really my goal. Get them in, get their work in and get them off the field, get them in the training room, get them, you know, you know, recovering. So. And, and that, that was, was like, that, that. it was like the times too. Like we didn't stretch at a certain time because he didn't want us on the field. So, so guys could slip with the dew in the morning. You know what I mean? Like but, uh, mm. spring trainings before he used to be like, get on the field as early as possible. You out there taking ground balls is wet. Like you're really not getting no work in. So it was like, he thought about like the times that you could optimize, you know, getting the best work in. So you didn't have to be out there all day. He, you know, I remember that first spring training came to me. He was like, what time do you want to throw your bullpens? And I thought he was playing. He was like, no, like what time do you feel like is the best time for you to get your work in? And I was like, like 9 30 10 o'clock you know what i'm saying like it was just so having that working relationship with a coach just opens it up and i remember you know it, it was just always easier to talk to tomper than it was to any other coach because of that communication that he had with you yeah i always wanted i always wanted people to feel comfortable at work you know and and because mm. i think that's that's when you get the most out of them it's um you know along those lines you know you look at some of the things that people have said about you since you got this job, you know, just reading, say a quote from Derek Jeter and talking about how hard he's pulling for you. He said, you talk about someone with experience who can relate to all different positions. I can't think of anyone who's more qualified, put in his time, couldn't be happier. I played 23 years professionally. I knew Tom's for pretty much my entire career. He's a guy who I always had a great deal of respect for, or looking at Zach Wheeler, something he said the other day where he said, He's a special guy. He cares about us. He's there every single day, way earlier than we are preparing for that day. If anybody has your back like that, we have his back. He's a great teacher in person, and, he has in, and he's in charge of our clubhouse. Everybody truly loves him. You know, those are a couple. You know the way CC talks about you. You've seen the way people have just celebrated your journey right now, Rob. How much does that mean to you? It uh, means a lot. It really does because it's, I mean, it's this part is true. I care about players. I really do. Cause I could, I couldn't do what they can do. So that's why I respect them so much. And I, so I understand how tough this business is and how tough it is to be a, a player. And when I forget about that, then I need to go home. And so I try to, in my job, I try to make it as easy as I can for the players to prepare and compete so they can perform at the at the highest level and that's my job and that's all it is and i think i think to get respect you have to give it and i've i i hope that i've always given it to everybody i've been around whether they're a major league baseball player or the parking attendant at at citizens bank park um at the end of the day if if people can say that that guy respected me the you know, all the time. Um, I'd be happy with that. How about a young kid growing up in Canada? How do you get into baseball? Well, I, you know, I, I, I played baseball. I played hockey and baseball and, and um, I ended up going to a junior college in Fort here, Michigan and played for a guy by the name of Dick Roach, who ended up signing Derek Jeter. He was yep. a Yankee scout. Well, and about that? I, didn't I was know there. That yeah, I was there a year and he's been, he's been kind of, this uh, special person in my baseball career where he just kind of shows up at, at times. And, and, you know, he was the guy that got me to the Yankees. Um, Cause I, I ended up going to university of Kansas from there and then signing with the Tigers coach there for a couple of years. And then 
And then Dick got me to the Yankees as a coach. And, and um, you know, I just, I love being a Yankee. I really did. I, I felt like, you know, when I, and I was there 28 years and I came, I came over here uh, with Phillies in 18. And to be honest with you, um, I felt like kind of a fish out of water. I, I was just like, you know, because the Yankees were my, that, that was my organization. That was my, mm-hmm. you know, I've been there for so long. So I felt like, you know, I come in the Phillies and this wasn't really my, my organization anymore. And I had to kind of fit in. And, and now I feel, I feel like, yeah, this is, this is who I am now. I'm Philly now. And, but I love the Yankees and I always will. And I, I you know, the Steinbrenner family and, and all the players that, that I got to know and all the coaches, the great coaches that I got to know. And um, it was just, and learn from it. It was just a, a remarkable run. I mean, it's incredible. Twenty-eight years, uh, Rob. Was it hard because you were so entrenched in the Yankees organization? You had worked your way up from nineteen ninety, you know, through the twenty seventeen season to you know where you're. You know, you're you're going from starting out as you know working your way in the minor leagues to yeah. becoming a mainstay on the bench. You know, with the Yankees. Was it hard to even entertain going anywhere else at no that doubt. time? I mean, yeah, I never, I, I thought I was going to retire Yankee. I really did. And, um, you know, we, we went through when, when Joe got fired and, and, uh, in 17, we went through the interview process and, and, um, and, and Booney ended up getting the job. And I, I love Booney. Booney's a heck of a manager. He really is. Uh, he's right. He was the right man for the job at the time. But like, I, I thought I was going to retire a Yankee, but, um, you know, it just, it just went on so long that I felt like, ah, I better find something in case, yeah. in case they really don't want me back. You know? and, and, and Gabe Kapler went, kept after it and they never hired a bench coach. And then they finally offered me a job and, and with the, you know, with the, uh, caveat that, you know, if, the Yankees called tomorrow and wanted to name you the manager. They'd rip up my contract. So that was, that was good, but they named Booney the manager and, and the rest was history. And, you know, things happen for a reason. Sometimes you don't realize it at the time, but they, they just do. And, and uh, I'm happy here. I love our ownership. I love uh, working for Dave Dombrowski and, and the front office and, and the players are, are spectacular. My, our coaching staff is I, we, I got Kevin long here too yeah. in, in my room. So I'm going to bring hey, him on K long. Oh, K-Long. he's here. Oh, he's there. Oh, yeah. He's in my room. Oh, shit. He's in the other room. He's, I think he's K long. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, come on. Yeah. I saw him on oh, the TV. Yeah. There. Yeah. Oh, hey, there he yeah. is. <laughs> my man. How you doing, guys? Hey, show me a bicep or something. Show me something. Hey, oh, hey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my dog right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I miss y'all, man. What's up, y'all? Kevin? How are you, man? How are you? Oh, this is like a reunion. I love this it, This is man. like yeah. a reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, watch this. Watch this, CC. <laughs> nice kiss on the head. I love it. Kevin. See you, man. <laughs> you know, he... You guys are going to make me root for a Philly team to win a championship. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. I'm sick to my stomach. But it really is about people. You know, along those lines, Rob, this is something that I'm sure could be difficult to to talk about. But I think you can can offer some 
you know, interesting perspective. Now that we just saw hitting coach uh, Kevin Long dive in the shop for a moment to say hello as well. And it's a family reunion. You had been, you know, close with Joe for a long time, right? Oh, You're his bench yeah. coach in New York. You're with him then in Philadelphia as well. He gets fired. I'm sure that for you is initially, oh, you know, that's a terrible thing. This is your friend losing their job. And then you're asked to take over. And obviously yeah. it's been great. And you've done an unbelievable job. Um, and, you know, I'm sure Joe, as your friend, as a professional, would want you to do exactly what you're doing. But yeah. how, how, you know, how awkward is that dynamic when you're asked to take over for someone you don't want to see go? Yeah, it, it was really difficult at, at the start. It, it really was because I, if, if you're a true, like for me, if you're yeah. a true bench coach, your job is to take care of the manager and the players, obviously. But, yeah. but you want to make sure that you're doing everything the right way for the manager so that that type of thing doesn't happen. So when it does happen, like especially with Joe, like I've spent so many years with him, I, I just, I was just, kind of devastated but you know i i called my wife michelle and and she said well you know they're not going to stop the games here mm -hmm, you know yeah. you gotta you, you gotta keep going and 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 i told dave dombrowski if i if i didn't take this job i as bad as i feel i'd be a fool not to take this job i really would so i i accepted it but there was you know it was it was difficult it really was when you were starting out in 1990, Rob, did you think I'm going to be a manager someday? With when I you started with the Yankees it. organization, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I thought about it, but you know, it was just so far away that it wasn't really realistic. And then I got to the big leagues, and and my father always said, "Okay, just deal with today. Don't think about your next job. Just deal with today, because if if you don't." deal with that and do a good job today that other stuff's never going to happen and but you know it's in the back of your mind and then and then i think when um you know when the the yankee manager's job didn't work out i i was really not thinking about it at all i just i thought well i'll just you know i feel like i'm a pretty good bench coach and i'll just i'll just do this and and, and focus on this so and then all of a sudden it happened so you know it was interesting. And you get a two-year uh, extension as well, which congratulations. Yeah. Yes, uh, congratulations. Congratulations um, to you. I guess just the last thing I would want to ask you, Robin, thank you for all this time as you're preparing in the NLCS. I mean, this is so generous of you. You know, if you guys, just from a team perspective, the Philadelphia Phillies are going to the World Series, what is going to happen? in the NLCS. What do you absolutely need to have happen in order to see this journey continue for your group? Um, well, obviously we have to play well and, and that's the biggest thing. And we've, we've really played well um, ever since we clinched getting into the playoffs. We've, we've really played well and we've played um, aggressively. We've played unselfishly. Um, We've had great pitching, and I, I think we have to continue the whole thing. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of us playing well. That's all, you know, being aggressive and, and, and not, not worrying about making mistakes. Just go out there and play. Mm. 
Well, you uh, you certainly have been doing that. Uh, it's been a joy to watch. The guys are in the room. <laughs> you got the guys in the room for sure. Yeah, they're getting it done. They really are. They're 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 all all in it together, and it's really neat to see. Well, I know uh, I know you have Canada behind you. I know you have <laughs> Philadelphia behind you, and you know what? You're such a wonderful man, and so admired that remarkably you have pieces of New York behind you as well. So, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Congratulations, Rob, on all the success on the contract, um, on making it to this point, and and good luck getting those final eight wins. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate. It. Appreciate you, Topper. Love you. Thank you. Love you too, C. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Good luck, Rob. Thanks so much, man. Well, see, I think um, people listening to that conversation could probably understand why you and I love Rob. Yeah, Topper's the best, man. Like, I'm telling you, when I first got to, to, to the Yankees, he was the, just the gatekeeper of the culture. You know, if you know yeah. you needed something or need to know how to dress or where to be or who to talk to or who not to talk to, you know, you always ask Topper. So, you know, I was just glad he was able to come on. I'm happy that, you know, he's got Kay Long over there with him. Um, and you can just understand why they're winning. And, and uh, you know, to see them in the NLCS up one nothing is uh, it's amazing to, to, to see them after what, you know, everything they went through. You know, Joe getting fired. You know, Tomper not wanting to take the job and then now getting a two-year deal and being in this position is awesome. Well, see, I think we're uh, we're rolling during these playoffs. People who haven't heard uh, our recent conversations, go back and listen. Rob Thompson, Dave Roberts, Justin Turner, um, Dusty Baker, if you want to hear from the Astros manager in advance of of all this. I mean, we've had some incredible conversations lately with people who are prime figures in these playoffs. We're going to keep it going as well. We'll stay on top of the games. You guys know how to follow us, uh, all of our social channels at R2C2. And make sure you're following us on YouTube and subscribing. It's free, and you get to watch the full video of all episodes. You can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Big shout-out to Jackson, Atta, Sadie, our crew who keeps it together. Of course, Amber as well. Where would we be without Amber? I mean, honestly, nowhere. So, uh, see? Let's do it again. New episodes uh, every Thursday. This one comes out early, and I'm sure we'll have some bonus ones coming as well. Peace.